So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. I don't see where there was any reason for him to step down or go away. I mean, that's just my opinion, you know, because I don't know the, the circumstances or all the facts of about what's been going on, but I just didn't see any reason for him to step away. And if he wants to come back, then let him come back. One on one. Mac Davis and WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long with One on One right here on Sports Kita. Hey, Teddy. Hey, what's going on, Mac? Uh, glad to be back uh, with you again here for another week of uh, who knows what we might be talking about. Well, there's actually, I want to kind of delve into a little bit of The Undertaker as we get into this show, but I want to start out by talking about a couple of things. First of all, some business. Uh, again, folks, if you will, go down here. Please subscribe to our channel. It really helps us out uh, with uh, Sports Kita and with Russell Binge, which is our new site. And if you come to uh, YouTube, you're coming to Russell Binge by Sports Kita, and that's where you'll find our show one-on-one with, Tim, with WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long and myself, Mac Davis. Also, and while we're speaking on that, Mac, you know, I just have to do it every week because I notice every week that the numbers are going up. So I just want to say thank you to everybody subscribing. If you haven't, please do. And thank you very much. Yeah, we certainly appreciate it. And by the way, we have another show that you can tap into. That show is on YouTube as well, and it's called Road Trip After Hours, 30-Minute Time Limit. So look that up. You'll have a lot of fun with that show as well. Teddy, let's talk about some uh, current news before we start talking about Taker. Let's talk about Bushwhacker Luke. Bushwhacker Luke wants back in to the WWE only for one match, the 2023 Royal Rumble. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I love uh, Luke to death, man. Great guy. Uh, you know, I can't say anything, but if uh, Luke, you know, if he feels in his heart and soul that he still got it, then I say he still got it too. So my, I'm with Luke. Give him his one more match. Now, if he goes in, this is interesting, too, because if he goes in, he will become the oldest competitor ever in the Royal Rumble. And I have seen Luke uh, the last couple of years. I've seen him at the uh, International Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. He and I have been at those shows, and I've had a chance to speak with him, and he's done a couple of shows. He actually can still entertain the fans very well. Uh, The fans love it. So I think that it would be a good move for WWE, and I think Luke would really have a, a blast doing it. Well, you know, everybody's, you know, you know, back in time, you know, as soon as you get a certain age, you know, you're labeled as old and you can't do the job anymore. And we don't need that old guy. And Joe, so, you know, but that's just that's just the way of the world. But like I always say, and me and you talk about it all the time, uh, numbers are going to come. We can't stop the numbers. You know what I mean? The main thing is that we're still alive. And just because the numbers are there, you don't have to look like that. And you don't have to feel like that. You're old. I feel like you're not old until you're cold. So that's my version of being old. So we're going to move right along here. And like I said, we, we, we well, got let me some ask good you, news. 
Let me ask you real quick, though. Have you ever had any uh, dealings with Luke? Uh, have you worked with Luke in the past? Oh, yeah, yeah. God, yes. I worked with him uh, in uh, WCW uh, back when they first started out. You know, I think uh, I'm trying to remember the guy that used to manage him. I can't think of who he was right now, but I worked with him back then. I worked with him with a lot in the WWE. And then since, uh, you know, we've been on the, a lot of the indie shows and a lot yeah. of these recent signings i've had a chance to be on a lot of those with him yeah i love luke luke is a great guy he come out when i was running the company out in texas uh swe luke yep. come out and did some stuff for us out there man so you know luke is a great guy and luke is one of our viewers so hello luke we, we appreciate you watching i know he watches us, so it's good to yeah. have him here and luke i want to know i'm gonna say hello to you too because i know i heard about the story where you're supposed to get the dog and from phil and uh those other nuts that you were working with down in georgia so <laughs> so i'm sorry you didn't get your dog oh no uh let's see uh rumors have it that mandy rose who was fired last week from wwe for uh content on her only fans or fans on one of these fan page things where you subscribe and spend money uh but she got fired Word is that she was making, listen to this, Teddy, almost 3000 a month from just what she was doing on OnlyFans. And I've well, heard that what, number was actually much higher, but that's the well, number. Well, what was she doing on there? Do you do it? Do, I'd like to know. Well, I wouldn't mind seeing. <laughs> if, I, <laughs> yeah. if I'm being honest. I mean, she is a fine looking woman. But uh, I, I, we talked about this the other day. There is a problem when you do that. You're working for a company that has stockholders and you can't go out and do certain things. You just can't. Yeah, well, there's certain rules and regulations and some, you know, and you have to go by those rules and regulations, especially when you're working for somebody else. You know what I mean? You're not on your own. So. I, I think, you know, a lot of times people just ain't smart. You know, I think she probably knew that she probably needed to reveal that to WWE, you know, before she started. But then yeah. she probably also thought, well, if I do that, I may not get hired. So, you know, it's like between a rock and a hard place. So, uh, like I said, uh, you know, hate to see her go. She's a great talent. You know, maybe somebody else may, uh, maybe she'll shut that down. Uh, we just don't know what will happen. But 3000 a month, that's not bad money. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because so, I think she was only making 150000 a year with uh, WWE. Yeah, well. Now, like that's that's in the guaranteed contract, I guess, or whatever they have. But Right. Well, like I said, you know, if, if they fired her, she still got a steady income, so it's not going to hurt her. But I'd really like to see her back in professional wrestling. I think she was doing a great job. and She was. I, you know, and she had some potential there. I could see her, kind of, you know, moving to the top. Speaking of money. Sasha Banks uh, issues with WWE were over money. Uh, we now know that she was asking to be paid the same amount as Charlotte and Becky Lynch. I'm surprised if you want to know the truth that she wasn't getting paid the same as those two, because to me, she was one of those three, those three women right there. Uh, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch and Charlotte are to me, the three women of WWE. So why wasn't she making that kind of money, Teddy? Well, I, I couldn't answer that question. You know what I mean? I'm not the guy that uh, does the payroll there or what decides on what each uh, talent should make. Um, that's just, just a hard question. You know, I mean, it could be some inside info that we don't even know about, maybe that was keeping her from getting that kind of money. So I, I just don't know what to tell you, man. I mean, you know, maybe the the, the, the guy that was there, you know, Lord Nidus, he might have had something to do with that, too. So you just never know. Yeah, I, I think it's a shame that she wasn't getting that kind of money. You know, it uh, 
the money that Charlotte and Becky was making were fair amounts of money. And Sasha was just one of those that I think should have been on that list. So I can see where she had an issue uh, when it came to her pay. Um, Teddy, can you explain how those contracts work in WWE? Is it a contract? Is it a guaranteed money? Or is it just, here's what I'm offering you that you could make, but you're probably going to make more. Is that how it's presented? Well, I don't know, because now when I was there, you know, I just had a steady contract. You know, I made a certain amount of money every week, and that's what I got. Uh, sometimes on uh, overseas trips, I got a bonus. Uh, WrestleMania, you got a little, you got a bump in pay, you got a bonus. But uh, like I said, over the years, you know, things have changed there. So the whole process of those contracts might, you know, be t totally different from, you know, now than when I was there. So I just can't answer that. I, I don't know. You know, there may be a new policy or just like I said, things have changed there a lot. Let, let me ask you something, and I'm going to kind of jump back uh, real quick, and I hate to do this, but we were talking about um, the fact that Mandy Rose was in trouble for her OnlyFans content. And at one time, WWE was telling their uh, employees or their contract workers that they couldn't have outside income sources like, uh, you know, Twitch channels and things like that. They were making money from even from podcasts like you and I. Let's say you and I were doing this podcast. You're making a great royalty check off of. <laughs> but all of a sudden you go to WWE and they say, no, you can keep that. But you got to give us a part of that money. Well, that's according to what kind of deal you sign with WWE. You know what I mean? It's what kind of contract uh, they're going to write up for you. Uh, I'm, and I'm sure the talent has a right to say, you know, what, what, what they would like to have and what they wouldn't want to have. So that's just, you know, that's just hard to say. You know what I mean? They may come to you with an offer you know you might like, and they may come to you with an offer that you may refuse. Or then now it's time to maybe you guys can negotiate. But like I said, there are rules and regulations. Certain things, you know, when you go to a public company, a traded company like that, you just can't do. So you just have to go by the rules and regulations. Let's talk about Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Hacksaw Jim Duggan back in the news. He held an intruder at gunpoint in his house uh, this past Friday. Um, the intruder came in and entered the house, and he says he entered the house because he was being chased by someone else that was going to kill him. And he was trying to get help, and he just eventually found an open door and came to Jim's house. Jim uh, tackled him to the floor and grabbed a gun and held him down at gunpoint until the police got there. And he didn't he didn't press charges when it was all said and done. But a scary moment for uh, Jim Duggan. Yeah, man, I'm I'm telling you, and you know, and the good thing that uh, you know he, he's still in good shape there. You know what I mean, and able to defend himself because he's had a little health problems. He's been yes. sick, but. He's coming around now. God has blessed him to kind of get over his sickness and kind of get back to good health. But to know he was in good shape like that and to tackle that guy, somebody that invaded his house, man, you know, yeah, yeah, he was blessed. I mean, and he's about, uh, I want to say he's in his 60s, isn't he? He's probably 60. I'm trying to say that. No, it's not in the news story, but I think he's probably around 65 years old or something like that. So, you know, it's and, and like you say, after his health issues he's had, you know, he's just coming back from a lot of that. He was just going through treatment not long ago. And uh, here he is having to tackle somebody in his own house and be physical yeah. with somebody. So, Well, that's what I just said. Stop worrying about them numbers. There's a guy 65 years old just tackle a guy right down in his house and and, and the guy that's had health problems and everything. So, yeah, quit, quit worrying about them numbers. Now, I heard Jim was a bit of a, a wild man anyhow. I mean, back in his uh, younger days, he would beat somebody's ass in a heartbeat if he wanted to. 
Oh yeah, well you know every, every you know some you know guys like him you know they wouldn't you know one of guys you want to you know fool around with you know what I mean yep. you always want to do you know respect them they respect you and you know just you know conduct yourself as a man around them at all times. Vince McMahon, we talk about him almost every show it seems like, but uh, he's back in the news again. This happened right after we finished our last show, but uh, Vince McMahon says that he wants back in WWE and he believes the information he was given and the advice he was given to leave was wrong and that had he stayed everything would have blown over and things would have been just fine well um you know this is vince's life you know he's done this his whole entire life and uh, to be away i imagine that takes a lot from him you know what i mean oh, yeah. not being able to involve himself into what he's been involved in all his life um i i don't think it was a, my thing this i don't see where there was any reason for him to step down or go away i mean that's just my opinion you know because i don't know the the circumstances or all the facts of about what's been going on but i just didn't see any reason for him to step away and if he wants to come back then let him come back let him be vince vince is gonna be vince you know i mean he, he, he sometimes he, he gives good advice sometimes he gives bad advice but he's also man enough to know when he does give bad advice he corrects himself or he does something about it, you know what I mean? So I'd, I'd like to see him come back, you know. It I got no problem with it. I actually uh, was doing a podcast not too long ago, and they asked me about Vince, and, I, and my comment at that time was that I didn't think Vince should be fired. I thought that he should just come down the, the line a little bit, have somebody else make the final decisions, but Vince should have remained as a part of the creative process uh, for WWE because I do think that Vince was getting a little out of touch with what was happening currently, and that's easy to do. You know, as you get older, you're not into the, the hip stuff. I, even hip, probably people are laughing at the word hip right now, but I mean, you know, we all grow up at different times, and, and so things kind of go away. You know, Teddy, you're not as up to date on the current uh, situation is just like me my kids can talk about things and i look at them going what the hell are they talking about <laughs> yeah well i kind of you know i kind of keep myself up to date with the slang and really what's going on you know what i mean but the reason why is because of you know i no telling you know when i might have to go somewhere or do something you know sure. what i mean i've never given up on my on, on myself you know a lot of other people may have but i, I still know that Whatever I'm, I'm called to do, I can do that. I can still do the job, make no difference, you know, how old I am or whatever it takes. But we're, I ain't going to even worry about that because I'm enjoying my life now. I'm, I'm rested. I work on my own terms. You know, I ain't ripping and running and I'm stressed all out. When am I going to make it here or make it there? You know, it's just, it's a great pleasure to be at home every night to sleep in your own bed. And I got my sidekick, Mr. Rufus. He's with me. So <laughs> I'm happy, man. I'm happy. Let's talk about The Undertaker. This is something that uh, I want to kind of go in a little bit of detail about him and your connection with The Undertaker. Uh, the reason I, I want to do that is uh, just recently he was in a at an event where other stars included Tony Hawk, Ludacris, and uh, comedian Kevin Hart. Uh, I don't know what the event was. I guess it'll come out later and we'll all find out. But uh, he was there. And you first met Mark Calloway or Undertaker back in WCW days, right? Yes. Can you tell me when you first met him, your first impression, and and how did it come that you would be his manager? Well, when I first met him, you know, just I was just happy to be, you know, be associated with him there. You know, big guy like that, you know, and I'm oh, walking yeah. out of being able to manage him, you know, and, and the way he looks, you know, it's going to, you know, do make me look good, too. 
But he was always a nice guy. He was always nice to me. Me and him always had great conversations, you know, and, you know, whenever they travel together or nothing like that. But, you know, when we got to the arenas, we got together, did what we did. He was a great guy to my wife. I mean, one time I had my wife with me and we was in Greensboro, North Carolina. And uh, I think Paul Heyman was uh, managing him at the time. And that was during the time that Paul was going to, I was going to buy his contract or uh, I believe I had him and Paul Heyman bought his contract and got him from me. But anyway, we uh, we pulled a rib on him or something and we said to, to, to Paul that said it was his birthday and it wasn't his birthday. We started singing happy birthday and stuff. I, I thought it was his birthday too and my wife did too, so we didn't know, but it was a big rib that we pulled <laughs> on him. So, <laughs> so, but Taker's always been a great guy. And then after he went, to, uh, like I told you, the last time I'd seen him in WCW, me and him had a meeting with Jim Hurd. And Jim Hurd, I think, told him that uh, Ole Anderson, which was doing the booking at that time, said he wouldn't draw a dime or he had red hair or some some negative or something. But anyway, Taker left and went to New York. And then that's when I seen him again when I first, you know, started in WWE. And I was just had to be be there with him. And that next thing I know, I'm in me and him in one of the hottest angles in the world. Oh, there, oh, kidnapped. Oh, yeah, slow down. We're going to probably get to it. So hang on for just a minute for me. I don't want you to give away too much too quick. But I want to stay in WCW real quick with the skyscrapers. Now, the skyscrapers consisted of me and Martin Callis. Um, you had Sid Vicious and uh, Dangerous Dan Ivey, right? Dan Spivey. Dan Spivey. I'm sorry. Tell me, when you first met these three guys as a group, who had the most talent? Uh... Well, it was a toss-up there between Taker and Spivey. Uh, you know, these both were great workers in the ring, man, Spivey and Taker. Uh, Sid, you know, not a bad worker, you know, but he still, in my opinion, he had a lot to learn. Uh, I think he was more of a brute than he was a wrestler, you know, speaking of Sid. But, you know, he got the job done. And plus, the thing with Sid, he looked the part. So uh, I think that, that, like I said, it's a toss-up between Spivey and Taker. Um, this, during that time with Dangerous uh, Danny what is it, Spivey, right? Okay, I keep saying Ivy because I know a Dangerous Dan Ivy. It's Dangerous Dan Spivey, though. Um, what happened with him? Why didn't his career go a lot farther than it? It seemed like it just kind of disappeared almost. Well, I don't really know uh, because once after I stopped managing them and started moving on to other things, you know what I mean? I didn't kind of keep up with what was going on because I didn't really have time. I had to concentrate on, you know, what was happening with me right yeah. then. So I don't know what happened with, with Spivey. I remember he left and he, he went to New York and I think he was Willard, uh, Waylon something. Uh, they gave him a Waylon Mercy? Was that him? Yeah, Waylon Mercy. I think wow, he, went okay. there, he went there and he got that name and uh i don't even think i got a chance to see him when i went to new york i think he had already left so i really don't know what happened with him yeah he just like he seemed like he faded out of sight as about as fast as he came in he was gone yeah um do you think uh or, or do you and mark stay in contact to this day well no, i haven't talked to him in, i haven't talked to mark in a while i uh, last time i think i talked to him we was at a tv uh yeah, and that's when I think I had some problems. And like I said, Mark was always a guy that was really close to Vince. And you could go to Mark and Mark could go to Vince and, you know, kind of straighten your problems out. But, uh, no, I hadn't uh, been able to talk to him at all. I was in Nashville with SummerSlam and I heard he was at uh, this yeah. comedy club or somewhere there. And uh, somebody could try to get me to go over there. But I didn't, you know what I mean? I don't want to look like, you know, I'm hounding him or, you yeah. know. No, yeah, so I, I didn't go. 
Um, so when you first came in the WWE, that was the first time you spoke with Mark, I guess, in years? Yeah, that was the first time I spoke to him since he left WCW. Uh, when was the first time you and Taker worked together in WWE? Uh, I believe we started working together when um, we did the did the angle with uh, CM Punk and uh, and where Taker was uh, to kidnap me. That was the most major thing that we I, I did some little minor things with him, uh, but that was the most major uh, angle that I got in, and that was with him kidnapping me and uh, they bringing me down in the coffin. And Punk opens up the coffin. They, everybody thinks it's Taker, but it's not. It's me. But it was uh, one of the most, you know, I, you know, greatest things I've ever had the opportunity to do. When they came up with that uh, idea for the uh, kidnapping and then the limo and the smoke and him behind the wheel of the car, were there other ideas tossed around during that time that just didn't make it out uh, that they had spoke about trying? Well, I don't know. That would have to be between uh, Vince and the writers. So I was never in the writers' room uh, with doing none of that. So only time, only thing I knew is when they when they brought it out. You know, if it was written, Vince approved it, then that's what we were doing. How did they do the smoke in there? Did they just put a fog machine inside that uh, car? Is that how they did? Yeah, it? yeah, that's all they had. They just at at the fog thing right down between the seats there. Now, normally, I I know you. I've known you for a long time. You're a one-take individual. Did you do that in one take? One take. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> uh, let's see. We always heard backstage that uh, Taker was the locker room leader. What does that actually mean to the guys in the back? What is a locker room leader? Well, you know, you want to follow in Taker's footsteps. You know, always be a man and always remember that this is a business. You know what I mean? It's a time to laugh and joke and it's a time to get serious. And Taker was somebody, too, that if you had a problem with your match or something, you know, you could always go to him and talk to him and ask him, you know, what you did wrong or what what should I have done? And uh, he was like the overseer. You know, if the guys got into arguments or there was some, you know, something going on wrong, Taker would always step in and, you know, keep, you know, straighten things out and keep the locker room happy. He was basically the dad in the back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, was. He, he was like the last step before you had to go see Vince or somebody else, it sounds like. Well, he was the judge. <laughs> in more <laughs> ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, uh, JBL claims that during the time you were working with Undertaker, uh, that he was mistreated and abused by you. <laughs> because you would make him go one-on-one -on -one with The Undertaker. Can you tell me some of the best moments with you and JBL and The Undertaker? Because, I look, I remember, and I think I've told you this before, when you would come out and do that, he was my favorite one that you would tell that to because his expressions were priceless. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> I just always had a great time. Uh, me and JBL, we always, you know, got along great, man. Uh, had some great moments with him. Uh, about the, uh, when I was riding with him and Ron, uh, and at the time, I guess a lot of people heard the story about I drove off and left Ron in the snow. Oh, God, uh -huh. yes. <laughs> tell, 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 tell that story again for those who have not heard. Uh, well, we was uh, we was, uh, we'd worked Syracuse, New York that night, and we was on our way to Albany, Albany, New York. So we had to drive. So it's snowing. So you know, we get a case of beer, you know, for the ride. So and it's snowing there. hard, by the way. It's snowing oh, yeah. very, very oh. hard. Oh yeah, brother. With the speed, we're down to maybe 50 miles, 40, 50 miles an hour. That's how bad it's snowing. So everybody's drinking a beer. So you know, once you start drinking beers, you know, there's the next uh, uh, call is a piss call. Yep. So I 
So, you know, we know we can't find nothing open. So I pull over to the side of the road right there. So every Godfather, he was in there with us, too. So everybody got out. You know, I think I was the first one. Everybody got out, took a piss. So I got back in, you know, sitting in the driver's seat there. So I'm just waiting on everybody to get back in. So I ain't really paying attention. So mostly I saw some of the guys get back in. I didn't really look around. So (laughs) next thing I knew, I thought everybody was in. So I pulled off. Next thing I know, John JBL's looking at me. What the hell are you doing? I said, what? I'm leaving. <laughs> you idiot. You left Ron standing back in the snow. <laughs> so Ron never get in the car. So now I'm almost about a mile down the road. So what I got to do now, I got to get back on the median on the side, and I got to bag all the way back up a mile almost to pick up Ron. In and heavy my- snow. In heavy snow, and finally, when I did get to him, he was he was he was a snowman. He was covered in snow, and this was the this was before he ever started saying "damn" on TV. <laughs> when I opened the door and I look at him, he looks in at me and he just looks right at me. He said, "Damn, long," and I said, "That that that's when the damn started." <laughs> <laughs> Some crazy stuff, man. That was what were we talking about before that to get you there, but. Uh... We were just talking about you know, how you, you've used JBL. Yeah, let me go back. Now, JBL, when he told you you forgot Ron, did he wait a moment before he told you just so you'd pull off? No, he was just looking at me because he couldn't believe that I was driving away. So he was just looking at me, yelling at me. What so is Godfather I'm like, what are doing? You ta- Godfather, well, you know, he's got a fatty, so he ain't doing yeah. he it. He's, he's coming in, he's chiming in every once in a while, you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> so, so. <laughs> Who was your favorite target to be placed in a match with Undertaker? Was it JBL? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I, I couldn't wait to give that to him. And like you said, it was his expressions, the way yes. he sold it, really got it over, you know, because he'd come in and we're laughing and we're just talking and having each other a nice time. And I tell him, well... I gave you the good news. Now I'm going to give you some bad news. <laughs> His whole expression changes. And so, yeah, he, 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 it was good putting him in there with Taker. I'll tell you another one, Booker T. He's another one that sold yes. it real good. When I put him in, him and Charmel, I put him with Taker. He was, was, was doing this English accent. He changed the whole accent, went right back to being Booker <laughs> You've been quoted as saying that Undertaker has given you a lot of advice over the years and that he was one of the nicest people you ever came across. Yeah, you also said that he was among the most influential people in your career. What advice yeah, well, did he give you? Well, he just gave me advice, you know, how to, you know, conduct myself. You know what I mean? How to, you know, keep your mouth shut and keep your ears open. You know what I mean? And sometimes, even if you got something to say, sometimes it might not be the time to say it. You, and, you know, there's, in this business, there's a time for everything. So, and you have to learn that because sometimes you can say something, it might mean something, but then you may say it out of context. You know what I mean? <laughs> might not be the right time. So, take a learn me, you know, the, the, the ins and outs, you know, and just how to, you know, like I said, conduct myself and be a man. And he also, Learn me how to, you know, you know, stay on Vince's good side. After my- I, remember he, I remember he told me one night we was in uh, the one night we was, we was at we was doing that at the angle where he kidnapped me, yep. and uh, he had me and him did this promo, and so what Vince did, he went off script on me, so he started talking about something that wasn't even written. So now we're live, so I can't, you know, now I got to catch up with him because I, I I see what he just done to me. 
So I think he asked me something about that I like being there or something. Uh, something I can't remember the question, but anyway, I remember saying to him, I work for you, sir. And he never did say nothing back to me. He just walked away. So that later on that night, Taker saw me. He said, you're the only person that ever stumped him. He didn't have nothing to say. That's why he walked away. He said, you stumped him. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. cool. That's cool. Taker told me that. So, you know, that, that made me feel good, too. You know what I mean? But see, like I said, when you hear stuff like that, don't let that go to your head. Just keep <laughs> that to yourself and, you know, and, you know, thank God and keep doing the right thing. After you uh, didn't get the invite to Undertaker's Hall of Fame induction, did you ever hear from Taker or anyone at WWE as to uh, why you weren't included? No, I didn't. Not even a simple phone call from anyone, huh? No. That would, you know, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I really expected that you would have been a part of that Hall of Fame. I mean, to me, you are a part of what is the mystique of The Undertaker. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know what I mean? That, you know, that, maybe that's why I wasn't there. <laughs> when was the last time that you and Taker have actually spoken to one another? Has it been recently at all? No, it hadn't been recently at all. It's been quite a while. Taker was always a mystery man. Uh, you know, I think we said this on another podcast. Uh, he and Vince were very similar. You didn't hear much about either one of them, uh, especially their real life. It was always a, a, a kind of a dark mystery. It's just, you know, what it was. Uh, being a mystery man, were y'all told certain protocols when it came to Undertaker about how to approach his life or anything? Were you told, don't discuss his personal life? No, I was never told anything like that. So everybody basically was just doing their own thing, protecting his character uh, without being told to do so, huh? Right. Well, well, I mean, you know, your common sense, Oled, you know, well, something yeah. you gotta know. Uh, we were also told, you know, when Taker comes, you ain't gotta be running like a hyena and that, you know what I mean? But you back off, you know what I mean? Hey, this is Undertaker, you know, the same thing with, with Kane, you yeah. know what I mean? Don't you ain't gotta be acting a fool, but back off, you know, what would you do if it was a, if it was a real monster like that coming at you? So, you know, it, you know, protect the gimmick. That's, and that's, you know, like I said, a lot of guys were told that Taker had to tell some guys that Kane had to tell some guys that don't, you know, get, don't come up on me. You, you know what I mean? So, because a lot of the young, young talent didn't know. So, a lot of them that didn't know, we told them. Who is the real man behind Undertaker, Teddy? Who is Mark Calloway? I mean, in real life, who is this guy? Uh, just one of the nicest, like I've always said, one of the nicest guys that you could ever want to meet. Uh, to me, you know, I kind of watched, you know, him, you know, when he started out in Texas. Uh, and then from there to Memphis, you know, the one guy that really put in his time, paid his dues, and really went through the struggle, you know, to get where he is today. And, you know, to be, you know, denied by some promoters in wrestling saying that he would never be nothing and never draw a dime, you know, that's just that's just a shame. So I'm just glad he was able to go to WWE and get with Vince and show him all, you know what I mean, prove him all wrong that, you know, he, he was somebody. And so, you know, that was just great for me and, like I said, just just a real super nice guy, man. You 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 couldn't have a better friend. Do you think there will ever be another character like the Undertaker? No, I don't. I, I, I don't either. I want to go back to one thing real quick. Uh, we talked about this on another program, but uh, when he lost uh, the streak at WrestleMania, and I want you to look at this as a fan, not not as somebody who works you know for WWE or used to work for WWE, but just as a fan. When he lost that night, what was your initial feeling? 
Well, to me, you know, it didn't bother me. I understand what this is. This is business, you know. But now, but now as, a, as a fan, not as a business. Don't don't look at it as a business, well, but as a fan. It's kind of hard for me to look at it as a fan. I've been in this over 30 some years, uh, Max. So I just, I can't see it that way because fans, they all, they're different. You know, one fan will feel one way and another sure. fan will feel another way. But I think the majority of the fans was really shocked and was really hurt, you know what I mean? Yes. Because they, they probably didn't ever want to see that. They wanted him to take that streak to the grave. But I think the only reason that happened, I'm not sure. I think he got, he was hurt. And uh, he got injured during the match, and I think he just said call for Brock to go ahead and pin him. So uh, I don't know, but that's that's the rumor that I heard. But like I, I said, I just didn't look at it like that. You know, if somebody loses, then hey, it's time. You know that that's that's what it was called to be that night. So I took it as you know another night on the job. It was stunning. That's for sure. I was stunned. Yeah. I just I remember looking at the TV. I, I was reacting the same way the fans were on TV, just shocked. Like, what the hell did it just happen here? You know, I, I even wondered, did something just go wrong? What happened? Yeah. <laughs> it, it was really unusual. Well, um, it was just take a just take a being doing business. You know what I mean? He didn't have to do it that way. They could have just called for the bell. You know what I mean? So that's just not now you understand what I mean. What a great, what a nice guy. Yes. Teddy, anything you need to talk about before we break away here? Um, no, I just want to wish everybody happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Hope everybody stays safe. And, you know, if you, you're going to be out and about, you know what I mean? Just, you know, keep yourself safe. If it's somewhere you need to have a mask on, put it on because they're talking about our pneumonia and the COVID is spreading all over again. So we just have to be careful out here, man. So everybody be safe and have happy holidays. And don't forget to subscribe to the one-on-one -on -one and also to after hours uh road trip you can yes. look right down at the bottom of the screen that'll tell you how to subscribe to us and y'all just keep the numbers coming and uh during the beginning of the next year mac and i are going to have a lot of great surprises and gifts you know we're going to show our appreciation to you guys for subscribing absolutely and folks don't forget sports kita is called wrestle binge on youtube wrestle binge by sports kita that's where you'll find us and also across all podcast platforms you'll be able to catch this show one-on-one -on -one with mag davis and wwe hall of famer teddy long holla player